1: Big Thompson here from the Riverside Studio on News Talk, A3O-WCCO. Thanks so much for joining us. A few technical problems we've got to sort out. I'm glad everything went smoothly from Twins Fest today. Uh, Let's get you up to date on what's going on sports-wise. Beyond Twins Fest today, it is Hockey Day, Minnesota. So a ton of school games in White Bear Lake. Uh, the Golden Gophers are playing Michigan State at 3M Arena at Mariucci right now. And they're down 2-1 to one after getting blown out, or after blowing out Sparty 8-0 on Friday night. And then the Wild and the Sabres tonight in St. Paul. And that'll be a late start at 8 o'clock tonight. So, hockey day continues. Twins Fest today. And then, oh, by the way, the Timberwolves play tonight. Uh, the Timberwolves get the Kings. And it is the second night of a back-to-back for the Timberwolves. They had a good win over the Grizzlies last night. We will talk much more about that later on in the program with Cal Soderquist. We'll kind of tease what's coming up on the pregame show beginning at 6.30 tonight. Alan Horton will have all the play-by-play beginning at 7.10. Also, we'll go outdoors with Steve Carney. Typically, we visit with Steve at around 410 on Saturdays, but uh, due to our Twins Fest coverage, uh, we're going to bring you Steve over here at about 535 today. Following the news and weather at 6, as we count you down to the Timberwolves, Andy Greeter will join us from the Pioneer Press. Uh, The Minnesota Golden Gopher men's basketball team was in action in the Chicago suburbs, Evanston to be exact. And they got blown out today by the Wildcats. They're now 1-9 and in the Big Ten. It's been really ugly uh, this season uh, for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. And uh, once again, 20-point loss today, not really competitive at all. So we'll get into all of that with Andy. And oh, by the way, Minnesota United FC is training And getting ready for the 23 campaign. And Andy Greeter will have an update for that as well. And then, of course, Timberwolves tonight here on the radio. It was great to have Twins Fest back. Uh, A lot of events, the Diamond Awards on Thursday night. Uh, Carlos Correa picked up a lot at the Diamond Awards on Thursday night. Uh, I wasn't there, but uh, what I heard, great event. And uh, Carlos Correa received a handful of honors that night. And uh, Veteran Star Tribune uh, columnist Patrick Roy, see uh, received the Herb Carneal Award, a Lifetime Achievement Award. So that was very nice. And that event is put on by the Baseball Writers Association, uh, the Twin Cities chapter, and it's raised a lot of money for charity over the years. And then on Friday night, uh, a new event, Twins Fest Live at the Fillmore, very well attended. And then, of course, uh, the, the Twins Fest uh, signature event today, and we were there live between 11 and 5 o'clock today. Chad Hartman got us started. Uh, Henry Lake was there for a couple of hours this afternoon. Jason DeRaja, and you just heard Benita Sarkar. So great to hear a lot of Twins legends. Uh, Joe Mauer, Rod Carew, Tony Oliva were some of the interviews I heard. And then, of course, some of the current and future twins uh, joined us on stage at Twins Fest today. So outstanding work out there. When we come back, some sports headlines, including a big day in football tomorrow, the NFC and AFC Championship Games will have a preview of that. Um, Michaela Shubrin closing in on history in World Cup Skiing will have that story for you and much more here on a Sports Saturday News Talk, E3O and WCCO. Just a huge
3: way to close out January, and that is with Twins Fest Hockey Day and much, much more. So a uh, good one indeed. By the way, Minnesota leading the UMD Bulldogs 4-3 to in women's hockey up at Amsoil Arena in Duluth. And they're closing in a sweep of that weekend series. So as soon as that one goes final, I, I haven't seen that update, but it was very close to the end of the hockey game. So it looks like uh, the Gopher women will sweep the Bulldogs in Duluth 4-3 to to close out that. And once again, uh, the men... Losing to Michigan State after a blowout 8 0 victory last night. We'll keep an eye on that. And then the Wild later on against the Sabres. Timberwolves in town tonight. Good win last night over the Memphis Grizzlies. They were a bit shorthanded, but the Timberwolves are too. Carl Anthony Towns, Jordan McLaughlin still out of the lineup, and they found a way to get it done. Anthony Edwards has been terrific. Rudy Gobert chipped in last night. We'll see what they do tonight against another good team, the surprising Sacramento Kings. And if you had to look in either the NBA is the Eastern Conference or Western Conference. I think the Sacramento Kings might be the biggest surprise of any team in either league. The New Orleans Pelicans have been good, but that was all about Zion when he returned to the lineup, and when uh, he he got back, uh, the Pelicans turned into a pretty good club, but Sacramento is certainly the real deal. Huge football day tomorrow, NFC and AFC championship games, and... The odds makers have it set up this way. San Francisco at Philadelphia in the early game, and that'll be on Fox. The game opened at 2.5, and and it's still Eagles by 2.5. So Philly not quite a field goal favorite in that one. You got Jalen Hurts, who's been everything. And as good as Patrick Mahomes has been, as good as Joe Burrow has been late in the season and now in the playoffs, for Cincinnati, and you bring up Josh Allen. The other contenders for MVP in the NFL include uh, Viking wide receiver Justin Jefferson. He won't win the award. It'll go to a quarterback. But I would take Hurts over Mahomes because, as crazy as this sounds, I think he's meant more to the Eagles than Mahomes has meant to Kansas City. And Patrick Mahomes is my favorite player to watch Week in week out in the NFL, but Hertz to me very deserving of NFL MVP, and he's going to be the difference tomorrow. I think Hertz is going to be good enough to somewhat neutralize an outstanding 49ers defense, and then you got Brock Purdy on the other side. And it's one thing to win a playoff game at home at Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara; it is another thing to win a playoff game on the road, particularly in Philadelphia with a birds on the line in the Super Bowl, if he does find a way to lead the 49ers to the victory, and I doubt it, if he does, the legend grows. Because it is a Cinderella story, if there ever was one. Goes into the season very likely not playing a second in the NFL, barring two huge injuries to Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy G played pretty well for the 49ers before going down. So now the kid comes in with the help of an outstanding defense. And a good supporting cast around him has looked really good. But, man, if he's able to win in Philly, and I doubt it, this has a chance to be a blowout. This has a chance to be a big win uh, for the Eagles. As a matter of fact, I see both games having – Real potential to be blowouts. And you look at the AFC game. Cincinnati at Kansas City. And this game will start at 5.30 on CBS. So Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Little sidebar on Romo. I really liked him when he started as an analyst. Boy, is that act wearing thin. Um, He needs to tone it down or something. Um, Jim Nance is a legend. Uh, does a great job in everything he does. Whether it's football or hoops or golf, you know, Jim Nance has one of the two or three best gigs in all the sports. Maybe the best because not only does he get to do the NFL and get to do his Super Bowl, he gets to do the final four every year and he gets to anchor the Masters coverage. That's pretty impressive. But Tony Romo. Boy, he is really uh, started to wear me out. But anyway, back to the game. Bengals and Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, a high ankle sprain. How good will he be? He's practiced. He's expected to play. But Kansas City isn't a great defensive team. And if Patrick Mahomes isn't 100%, he could be vulnerable because Cincinnati defensively were outstanding in that win over Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and the Buffalo Bills. They dominated that game on both sides of the ball. And it wouldn't be a surprise if they go into Kansas City on Sunday night and dominate and make their second straight trip to the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow's the real deal. The confidence, he does it on the field. The team believes in him. And they've got a good mix of a running game and wide receivers. They've got the swagger of Burrow. And then a surprisingly good defense that could give a banged-up Mahomes a whole lot of trouble. If they're able to shut down Travis Kelsey at all, this could be a blowout. So if I had to lean, I'd take Cincinnati on the road, comfortably winning that football game tomorrow night. And then Philly, uh, barring a ton of turnovers by Jalen Hurts, I think they win that game comfortably as well. So we'll get a Cincinnati-Philly Super Bowl if my crystal ball is accurate. 525 here at News Talk, 830-WCCO. And there's one other story I wanted to get to before we uh, get to the bottom of the hour and update on the weather. And go outdoors with Steve Carney. And then Cal Soderquist joins us later on in the hour. We'll preview the Timberwolves and Kings and get a sneak peek of the tip-off show tonight. So that's coming up before 6 o'clock. But American skier Michaela Schifrin, who had a forgettable Winter Olympic Games, really felt bad for her, uh, dominated a slalom on Saturday in the Czech Republic for her 85th career victory to move within one of the World Cup records set by Swede Ingemar Stenmark in the 1980s. She can match Stenmark in another slalom on Sunday. Schifrin had shared the women's record of 82 wins with former teammate Lindsey Vaughn uh, the Minnesota native, before triumphing at back-to-back giant slaloms in Italy this week and adding a third straight win on Saturday. So, Michaela Schifrin closing in on skiing immortality. I think she's already there. But uh, she could uh, tie the great Ingemar Stenmark and then, before the end of the season, have the record all to herself. That is really extraordinary on the world stage. It's not a huge deal here in the States. I know we pay attention come Winter Olympics time, but it's obviously a big deal in Europe. And Michaela Schifrin's had. And I just remember her last Olympic Games, how disappointing it was. Uh, the falls, the problems, and, and just really didn't have a great Olympic Games. And I remember an interview she did, and paraphrasing a little bit, just said, you know, I question what I've done to this point in my life. But for her to bounce back is, is really a great comeback story. And now I'll be closing in on history. We're going to take a break here and then we'll do an update on the weather and then we'll go outdoors. Steve Carney will join us, latest on ice fishing. Maybe we'll think spring a little bit with Steve-O. And then uh, we'll carve out time for Cal Soderquist and preview the Timberwolves tip-off show tonight. They got a big one with the Kings, second night of a back-to-back, Friday night, Saturday night. They had a good win over the Grizzlies last night. I caught the end of that game at Alan Horton's call, and it was a fun finish. I happened to be at a game of my own. I was covering high school hoops over at Creighton-Durham Hall. I was doing a game on the internet for NSPN.tv, and that was number 10, Eastridge, at number 14, Creighton-Durham Hall. The Raptors had a good game. They, they are an active team that gets up and down the pl- floor and plays absolutely outstanding defense. And they are unbeaten 10-0 and in the Suburban East after a good win at Creighton-Durham Hall last night. Then I caught the end of that game driving home. And uh, Allen, once again, a wonderful call in the fourth quarter. When I grow up, I want to be Allen Horton. It five twenty-eight here at News Talk. E3-O-W-C. So we had Twins Fest earlier in the day. Huge day there. We've got Hockey Day, Minnesota and White Bear Lake on the rinks. Uh cold day for the high school kids out there in White Bear. Wow. Indoors, 3M Arena at Mariucci. Minnesota surged ahead of Michigan State. 3-2 through two periods of play. Minnesota blew them out 8-0. It was a sweep in Duluth. Golden for women beat the UMD Bulldogs 4-3. to So they sweep that weekend series. And then the Wild and the Sabres later on. One of the Timberwolves on the radio tonight. Here on News Talk e three O W C C O Tip Off Show at six thirty with Cal Allen with all the play by play here tonight. Unfortunately, Noah Henry Lake after the game tonight. No Timberwolves tonight on the weekend, but uh, Henry's in weeknights following each and every Timberwolves game with Timberwolves tonight. Let's go outdoors. Steve Carney joins us. Steve Carney outdoors. Steve, how you been?
4: Uh, I'm frozen, Steve. I don't know about <laughs> you. Um, I just got off the ice uh, this afternoon and yeah it's uh you know 10 below and a little portable is kind of dicey but I did survive and fishing was actually pretty darn good. I couldn't believe it after this cold, you know, snap hit a couple days ago. Um I've been chasing big bluegills all week and I was really surprised that they were biting this afternoon and but I'm happy about that but yes, I'm frozen.
3: Yeah, that you're going to be in one of those real fancy uh, Cadillac style homes where they got all the amenities.
4: Oh no, that's not me, Steve. I'm in <laughs> a little one man pullover portable, you know, canvas type, uh, you know, insulated, and you just got to you know bank it up on all you know all sides and just batten down the hatches, and you know you can hack it. It's you know not super comfortable, but um, you got to get out. I mean, I'm looking at the weather and. You know we're going to have you know in lakes country up here probably the next eight days are going to be horrendous so i thought you know might as well try to get out today while it's seven below or eight below so yeah we're kind of stuck in this and uh... it's gonna we're gonna have this for quite a while but um... you know people are pulling their ice houses off their big hard houses i think they all kind of see the the next week ten days and the walleye season you know still good for about two more weeks but people are definitely kind of bailing out i I guess i don't blame them
3: yeah and the cold weather settled in really was a mild january the snow was a huge problem though uh as we get to the end of january how would you sum up the season so far
4: pretty darn good you know the ice you know was really good we've got you know snow issues but the fish have been biting you know very very well kind of surprising with all the fronts we've had and northwest winds but so far so good and these bluegills, I'm telling you, they're, they're an amazing fish. It's probably the toughest fish to catch in Minnesota. You know, we've got a lot of lakes that have stunted bluegills, very small, nothing to get excited about, especially in the metro area, central Minnesota, southern Minnesota. They're just a tough fish to find. But up in north country here, in lakes country, you know, we've got tremendous options, a lot of great lakes with bluegills, nice bluegills in them. And you know it's all about the pressure, you know what type of fishing pressure and, and predators in the lake and food and there's so many variables. but up in Lakes Country, um, nine to eleven inch bluegills are fairly common and you know it's it's just amazing when you get on them because they're so aggressive. they're they're eager biters, they're tremendous table fare. and they're they're just really an amazing fish. and so I've been very blessed to have a really good week and I'm finding them pretty deep, actually 19, 20, 21 feet, and they're right now keying on insects that are coming off the bottom. I'm uh, fishing these muddy basins, you know, deep water basins, and there's hatches that are coming off off the bottom, and they look like little green lines on your electronics, and they rise in unison right up to the surface, and those big bluegills are, are picking off those bugs and that larvae on the way up as they rise, and Usually it starts about 5 o'clock, and then that hatch will pick up, you know, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock and get even more intense. But that's why they're there. There's food there, and they're very aggressive and um, willing biters. It's really fun. They're just an amazing fish.
3: Yeah, and that's good in the winter months, and uh, the, the bluegill bite in the summer is good stuff as well.
4: Yeah, I, I'm trying to, you know, key on the bigger fish. And, you know, we have smaller fish, too, that kind of mingle with the larger ones. And I'm using a, you know, a very large spoon with a little flapper on it. It's kind of a mini spoon on a bigger spoon. And working it super aggressive, I put one wax worm on it because they need a little bit of scent when you're in deeper water. And I work it really fast. I'm snapping it, lifting it, dropping it, and the most aggressive bluegills will hit it. But some of the neutral fists, you know, won't. So then if I see them on my electronics kind of hovering and not biting, then I switch to a little tungsten jig, put a wax worm on it, drop it down, and give them something really small. And that, you know, sometimes can trigger them to bite. So between, you know, the passive and aggressive, you know, uh, presentations, usually one or the other will work. But you want to make sure you've got two or three rods with you ready to switch you know, on a moment's notice when you see what their behavior is and what their intent is. And, you know, you just got to work them and, you know, find what they want.
3: Steve Carney joining us. Steve Carney outdoors. You talked about uh, the bitter cold. We're going to have a few days of that in the cities, and temps are going to moderate. With this bitter cold up north and a real cold start to the week here in the cities, I know you were surprised about where the bite was today, but... How do you expect it to look going through the week? What are going to be the better days?
4: Well, you know, fish, game fish just don't like change, you know, just like human beings. And this is such a major change. I mean, it, we went from above zero, 25, 30 degrees. Now we're 14, 15 below, you know, 25 below at night. And it really does affect their mood and their behavior. And I don't anticipate, you know, fishing being very good this the rest of this week. It's just too severe. But, you know, when things moderate and we start getting back into the middle, you know, 15, 16, 20 degrees, they'll they'll kind of start again. So this is about as severe as it gets. And, you know, we've got more snow again. And, you know, there's a ton of snow on the lakes in North Country and, you know, north part of Minnesota. It's just tough to get around. And basically it's a snowmobile affair, and it has been for quite a while. And there are a few people driving, but, you know, you can't get off the plowed roads because there's too much snow. So... It's all about, you know, being able to get around and, you know, get to where you want to go. And I think we've talked about that before. Yeah. <laughs> it's
3: pretty absolutely. common. And then, uh, Steve, what are your plans in the coming week? You know, I don't know,
4: Steve. I'm going to watch football tomorrow and just kind of hang out here. And I'm, you know, not jumping up and down to go out, you know, at 10 below on a portable. So I might just wait a couple of days and see if this weather moderates a little bit and... Um, you know, I'll get out, but I'm going to probably kind of sit tight here for a few days and, you know, let this, uh, I think this is called bottoming out in January is what they yeah. say. So, yeah, I'm going to kind of, you know, take it cool here for a while.
3: Yeah, we haven't had the real brutal cold. You knew it was going to come at some point, and it's going to carry us into early February. Hopefully temps uh, moderate before too long. Steve, always good to visit with you, and enjoy the games tomorrow.
4: Hey, thanks, Steve. You stay warm now.
3: All right, there he is, Steve Carney. Steve Carney Outdoors joining us on the weekend uh, for years. Typically Saturdays at 420, but certainly sports schedules uh, permitting. And we had a ton of Twins Fest coverage throughout the afternoon, uh, going from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. over at Target Field. And remember, if you missed any of it, lots of great interviews available at com. Or take advantage of the free Odyssey app. You can use the Rewind feature and uh, find your favorite players. Current, future, and of course, uh, Twins Legends. Uh, Night's nice chat with Joe Maurer heading into the Twins Hall of Fame this season. Speaking of Joe Maurer, last night I did a game at Joe Maurer Fieldhouse over at Creighton Durham Hall. So that was kind of cool. And it was announced that uh, he would be going into the Twins Hall of Fame Uh, This week, I I think that happened at uh, the Twins media luncheon on Friday. Dave St. Peter made that announcement. So that's coming up later this summer, a big weekend to honor Joe and his great career. And you start looking at the numbers, and before long, he'll get the call to the hall in Cooperstown, New York at some point. 5.43, 5.43, quick break. Cal Soderquist joins us. We will take a look back at a big Timberwolves win over the Memphis Grizzlies last night and hopefully another win tonight over the Sacramento Kings here on News Talk. 8.30 WCCO. It's Hoops Night tonight here on News Talk. three O W WCCO. Timberwolves take on the Sacramento Kings. Our pregame show at 6.30. It's a tip-off show with Cal Soderquist, Alan Horton, with all the play-by-play. The Timberwolves coming off a nice Friday night win over the Memphis Grizzlies. A good rival not for the twi- uh, Timberwolves for sure. That rivalry uh, definitely formed during the playoffs. The Grizzlies prevail in six last spring. Cal Soderquist joins us. And Cal, that was a good win over the Grizz last night.
5: It really was. It was a ton of fun, too. Great great crowd, packed house at the Target Center. I think, uh, you know, the fact that the Wolves came out of the gate right away with, with a ton of energy and kind of seized control of the game early, I think really helped in terms of the atmosphere, too. And, yeah, Minnesota built a double-digit lead in that first quarter and, and really controlled the game from start to finish.
3: One of the things we've seen, and I – visited with Jay Frederick, who covers the team for the Pioneer Press on Thursday night when I was in for Henry Lake. And we talked about the, the growing consistency night in and night out for Anthony Edwards. Early in his career, young guy, he'd have some great games and then some off nights. But, but more often we're seeing really good game after really good game out of end.
5: And, and I think that was one of the things, you know, that would be the next step in his progression in terms of, like you said, just, just being, being more consistent. You know, we'd see sometimes on the second end of a back-to-back he would struggle or, or he'd be just kind of yeah. passive throughout the first couple quarters. But, I mean, they've needed him to, to basically do everything during this recent stretch. He, he's doing a ton of playmaking. He's handling the ball more. It kind of has allowed D'Angelo Russell to, to be a bit of a spot-up shooter a little bit more. Um, so you know they've they've put a lot on Ant's plate, and he's really responded. It's I think he, he's kind of cementing that uh, that All Star candidacy. He obviously didn't get voted in as a starter. It's a loaded Western Conference, but I think uh, the coaches that vote are, are going to be hard pressed to leave him off uh, their list of reserves.
3: Yeah, that would be a great honor for Ant, who's been so huge. With, with Carl Anthony Towns being out of the lineup for an extended period of time, he has definitely been a guy they could rely on. Rudy Gobert had a good Friday night as well.
5: Rudy Rudy did, and I think, um, you know, after he missed some time, he missed three straight games with that groin injury, and really the, the two before that, uh, he exited early, so basically a five-game absence. And uh, I think we've seen him come back and get pretty comfortable. Um, you know, he's impacting the game. It's funny, Rudy is, is kind of, the, the way he plays you know, if he has a really good game, you almost won't notice it unless you're really watching closely. Like in terms of the rebounding, in terms of his ability to either block shots or, or impact players that try to get into the lane, um, it, he just kind of goes about his business quietly. But yeah, he was he was huge. His presence, I think, uh, did, did a good job in terms of limiting. Some of the damage Memphis can do on, on the offensive rebounds and obviously we know John Morant loves to try to try to get into the paint and, and either score it at, at the rim or get to the free throw line so I think Rudy has definitely helped out with that.
3: Cal joining us he'll take over at 6 30 with the tip-off show Alan Horton with all the play-by-play tonight at Sacramento in town more about the Kings in a moment. But the Timberwolves are on a real roll at home now. Uh, they have really taken advantage of Target Center and made it their home court.
5: Yeah, I think they're leaning on it. I think uh, it's, it's a team, you know, it's not always the case with, with the team. It depends on kind of your veterans or, or the players that you have. But the Wolves really feed off of their, their home crowd. And I think when it's a good crowd, good good energy, good atmosphere, that can kind of lift uh, the Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards is kind of example A of that, you know, in terms of his bounce and just the way he'll he'll play the game uh, in front of a packed crowd. And like you said, they're they're leaning on that home court advantage, and that they'll really need it. You know, last night tipped off a, a season long six game homestand, and all of these games maybe you could, you could remove the Orlando Magic matchup next week um, if you want, but all the other matchups are, are really really important against. Really uh, good caliber opponents. Either teams that you know the Wolves are looking up at in the Western Conference standings. That's that's the case with the Kings uh, tonight and Monday, or you know teams like the Denver Nuggets or, or teams like the Grizzlies, teams like the Warriors that the Wolves are kind of jostling with and in competing with in the West.
3: Yeah, and there was a comment about these back to backs where Sacramento they played two in a row. Chris Finch isn't all that thrilled. With, with these and i i guess i can't blame them
5: yeah it's interesting you know it, there, there's pluses and minuses certainly um it, it kind of it resembles a playoff series in the sense that you see that same opponent right away uh in the second game and you kind of have to adjust there's a, a chess match element to it um but i can see too that you know players probably they they get pretty sick of seeing those same guys especially if um if there's you know kind of a If there's extracurriculars or some shoving after a whistle, and then you have to play against that same team again, but I think bottom line, we've seen it throughout the league. It's really, really tough for teams to uh, to sweep these two games. So we'll see if the Wolves are up for that challenge against, you know, like we mentioned, a, a really good Sacramento team.
3: Yeah, and maybe the biggest surprise in the NBA East or West. If you would have told me the Sacramento Kings at this point would be twenty-seven and twenty, and for the moment the number three seed in the Western Conference, I don't know if anybody would have believed that.
5: Yeah, it's it's uh, certain, like you said, a, a big surprise. I think they they caught a lot of people uh, by surprise, but when they made that deal just in front of the trade deadline last year, sending you know the talented young guard Tyrese Halliburton to Indy. And getting back to uh, Damanis Sabonis, everyone kind of scratched their head initially, like Halliburton was maybe thought of as as the best player in that trade. But they seem to have struck gold with uh, Sabonis and and how he's paired with De'Aaron Fox. You know, those two guys, arguably one of the best, you know, young duos that that the Kings now can build around. Um, And they seem to really click playing with one another. Sabonis is, you know, if everyone – knows Nikola Jokic and, and knows that he's a walking triple-double. Sabonis is kind of the under-the-radar version of him where he, he's, he leads the league in rebounding. He'll be a monster on the glass tonight. He can score, obviously. He's got, he's got that ability. Um, and his passing is really underrated, and it's it's going to be you know a handful for the Timberwolves to try to defend this guy tonight.
3: Kyle Soderquist joining us from the Timberwolves Radio Network on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline tonight. You brought up the standings. The Kings right now, uh, the third seed. You got Denver number one, Memphis number two, Sacramento number three. But then from four all the way down to 13, that that's ten teams separated by three games. The number four, New Orleans. Uh, the L.A. Clippers, for all practical purposes, tied. Seven and a half games out of first. The L.A. Lakers are ten and a half back, the 13 seed. This is going to go on to the end of the season, this drama on who's in and who's going to be out of the playoffs.
5: Yeah, every every night it, it changes. You have to refresh the standings page. And even games, you know, even days when the Timberwolves are idle, you'll you'll have to keep an eye on it because there's so much reshuffling going on. And like you mentioned, it, it makes for a lot of fun. I think it makes, you know, these, these January and February games are, are that much more important when in past seasons – you might have a pretty clear picture of, of kind of where everyone slots in in those standings. But there's there's going to be a lot of movement. There's going to be teams like the Warriors that uh, are probably going to try to find a fifth gear. You know, they've kind of gone about the season so far, being really ca- cautious with some of their guys that they're resting. Um, even the L.A. Lakers, you know, if, if Anthony Davis is close to a return, you got to think that they're not just going to go quietly. Uh, they're going to try to climb back up into that that top ten, that, that top eight picture. So there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, intriguing matchups, reasons to watch over these next several weeks.
3: Yeah, and the Timberwolves go into the second night of a back-to-back, Cal. I'm sure that, that's going to be a reoccurring theme again tonight, you know, on how they fare against two solid teams, second night of a back-to-back.
5: Yeah, the Kings—they'll have
3: the rest advantage tonight. But you know, the Wolves
5: have—they've they, whether it's head coach Chris Finch or the players, they've—they've they've downplayed. Um, you know that that whole playing on the second end of a back-to-back, especially when you were at home the night before. It's you know these guys that they're usually right back at the facility for a practice or you know film or something, so they're, they're ready to go. Um, I, I think you know a week or so ago when the Wolves were in Denver for a later tip-off and then came back to the target center and played less than 24 hours later, that was a legitimate, you know, where they probably had some tired legs. But it's all about, you know, this team knows that, um, especially on the second end of a back-to-back, you you come out of the gates with the right energy and the right intensity uh, because you can can very quickly, if you're sluggish to start or you're kind of sleepwalking your way through the first quarter or two, you can get buried before you do find that rhythm and, and wake up.
3: Well, Cal, it's always good to visit with you. What do you got coming up on the pregame show beginning at 630?
5: Well, it is uh, D'Angelo Russell bobblehead night. Um, The first 15,000 fans in the building will get one of those. So we'll hear from him uh, in a recent podcast episode. We'll also uh, obviously look back at that Grizzlies win and uh, hear from Kyle Anderson. He's, He's just been an absolute gem of a find signing him as a free agent uh, this last summer and and he's been huge for this team and their success so we'll hear more from ka as well
3: all right well thanks for the time as always cal look forward to it yeah you got it thanks steve all right there he is cal sutter quiz tip off show coming your way at six thirty. tip after seven o'clock with alan horton on the play-by-play it'll be the kings and the timberwolves from downtown minneapolis here on News Talk, E3OWCCO, we have 6 degrees here in the cities. Our winds are north at 12, ghosting to 21. Our wind chill at 10 below. Great night to be at uh, a game at Target Center tonight at Chile. Big day at Twins Fest earlier. Our coverage between 11 and 5. Tons of great guests. Current, former, and future twins joining our crew out there. And you can catch it all online, wccradio.com, the free audit app. Take advantage of the Rewind feature. By the way, our sports coverage continues tomorrow with the huddle. Matthew Collar sitting in for Dave Schwartz with Pete Nigerian between 10 and noon. And then from the outdoor news between 5 and 6, Rob we will talk all things outdoors tomorrow between 5 and 6 o'clock. Timberwolves on the radio tonight. Coverage at 6.30. Tip-off show with Cal. Alan Horton with all the play-by-play. Another tough one tonight. They get the Sacramento Kings. Quick update on Hockey Day, Minnesota. They were in the chill on White Bear Lake today, but indoors over at the U. Minnesota now leading Michigan State 6-2 late in the third period. The Gophers won 8-0 last night, and the Golden Gopher women swept the UMD Bulldogs With a win this afternoon, they won on Friday as well. The Wild close out hockey day tonight with the Buffalo Sabres in St. Paul. They'll drop the puck just after 8 o'clock tonight. We're pleased to be joined by Andy Greeter. The Pioneer Press covers Golden Gopher sports and Minnesota United FC. Online at TwinCities.com. Andy, I hope you're doing well.
6: I'm, I'm great, Steve. How
3: are you? Yeah, good to visit with you. Tough day for the Golden Gopher men's basketball team. They played an early one in Evanston today against a surprisingly good Northwestern team, but uh, this was a big-time blowout, Andy.
6: Yeah, I mean, it, what's been interesting about this Gopher basketball team is over the month of January, they've played more close games than blowouts. And, you know, they played an uh, uh, Indiana team at home on Wednesday and, and took that down to the wire with only, you know, seven scholarship players. Uh, and they got a player back in all pain today, but Still, then have Dawson Garcia, who's their leading scorer, leading rebounder. They went on the road, and it just seemed like you know they just turned the ball over too much. Ben Johnson talked uh, this afternoon about just how they they just didn't seem focused and determined on on what they were doing, and things got out of hand pretty quickly uh, in Evanston, like you said, against the Northwestern team, which I think is second or third in the in the Big Ten. You know, no. over the course of a Gopher season, you're you think you might be able to get. One or two against Northwestern, but this Northwestern team is, is older, uh, experienced, talented, has a little bit of a chip on its shoulder, knows how to play the game. And, and this Gopher team is still trying to figure out who they are, what they're really about, and kind of having an identity within the, within the conference. And it's showing because at this point, they're 1-9 in Big Ten play. and if They don't win a game the rest of the way. They will have the worst winning percentage in Gopher men's basketball history. That's 118 years. And it's hard, to, it's hard to think that they could go winless the rest of the way. But you watch that game today against the Northwestern team, it's it was usually kind of in your league, and you get blown out. And you wonder, could they go winless the rest of the way? It's not crazy to think about. It's just kind of that kind of daze right now for this go for men's basketball team. Yeah,
3: and the program trying to get footing under Ben Johnson, new recruiting. But the college basketball landscape has changed to the point with the transfer portal. Most programs have no idea who's going to hang around, who's going to move on, what the roster's going to look like year in and year out. So it it is a difficult spot. I know every other team in the Big Ten is in the same boat, but but for a new coach in his second year, that's a tough landscape.
6: Yeah, I think what's interesting about it is, you know, last year Ben Johnson used the transfer portal to his benefit in a lot of respects. I mean, obviously there was a massive exodus after Patino left and, that entire team exited. But Ben Johnson brought in a lot of experienced college basketball players. They might not have had the most talent, but they made up for experience and, and playing the right way, smart basketball, making winning plays, not being overwhelmed in, in big environments. And and now you have a team that, you know, maybe it was like, like I've talked about a few times, like last year's team was like the Vikings competitive rebuild. And this year is like bringing it down to the studs and really kind of a full out, Excavation rebuild, where you've got a lot of freshmen, and those growing pains are, are there for everybody to see. This Gopher basketball team struggles to, to keep possession of the basketball, just do some really boneheaded things at times and give it away. They gave it away 15 times today, and led to 18 Northwestern points. And you know, when you don't have your best player on a team that's already struggling offensively, it can be such a slog for this Gopher team. It's Jamison Battle or hit the deck really a lot of times offensively, just given where they're at. And, you know, I mean, I think you can, you can be patient in the fact that, that you realize that there are freshmen on this team that are going to be around the program for a number of years. You believe they're about the right things. You believe that they're going to stay committed to, to what's going on. But as you mentioned, a transfer portal puts that in flux. But, you know, I think you've got Minnesota kids in this that are getting a taste of college basketball as true freshmen who are part of the mix. You think if you're building it by the right cultural standards, you're going to win more than you don't. You've got some younger recruits coming in next year that, that you think you can, okay, start to be on the upswing again. I think it's it's difficult for Gopher fans to see some success that they had early last year and then to see it be such a struggle in year two. You think it's supposed to be this kind of steady ascent up, and, and it's not that way, especially with the way Ben Johnson has had to mix and match his roster.
3: Andy Gritty joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Covers Golden for sports for the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com. And, of course, he has a game story on what transpired. They take on Rutgers in Piscataway, New Jersey, and then they return to the barn to take on Maryland on Saturday night. So that's their upcoming week as the season continues. One final thought on it seems to be a down year in the Big Ten as well. You've got Purdue and then a lot of clubs that are kind of struggling. Not a lot of top 25 representation at the moment for the Big Ten.
6: Yeah, it's been, you know, kind of a lot of, uh, you know, everybody beating up on everybody else. I think there's probably eight or nine or ten teams that are, you know, either five and four, four and four, four and five, six and three, there's a lot of parity in the league, and usually that parity is a little bit of a of a higher tier, and you have a couple other top 25 teams, but they've just been beating up on each other over these last couple of weeks. And I think a lot of people look at what the Big 12 is doing. I think people look at that conference as maybe the best in college basketball right now. Um, but what's interesting is, like we talked about, like usually it's it's the Northwesterns of the world, the the Rutgers the, you know, maybe a Maryland, maybe a Penn state that, that the Gophers can get some wins against. And now they go to Piscataway, which is a difficult place to play. Even when Rutgers is down and Rutgers is one of the top teams in the conference, another experienced team that plays smart and, you know, does it the right way. And that doesn't look very promising. Maryland, you know, beat up on uh, Nebraska today. That looks challenging as well. Like I talked about a couple minutes ago, it's, it's not crazy to think about could this be, by winning percentage standard, the worst yeah. mark in gopher basketball history. It's, it's kind of incredible. They've got one win in ten games. They've lost five in a row. Um, it's one of those things where you're like, well, we need to see steady improvement, and they were doing that over you know, earlier parts of this month, but right now, this weekend, it was pretty bleak.
3: Andy Grady joining us from the Pioneer Press, also covers the Loons, Minnesota United FC. And, Andy, the 23 campaign is coming up quickly.
6: Uh, yeah, they just had their uh, second friendly uh, in Orlando. Uh, they had a 2-2 draw with Philadelphia Union, which is one of the, the best teams in MLS. They had a couple of comebacks in that one uh, to, to get a result. You know, they're, they're going to have, you know, five or six more preseason games before they open the season at the end of February. And the biggest question mark of this team remains the same one that I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Emmanuel Reynoso is in Argentina. He hasn't joined the team. He's got some legal issues in the country. He's also, you know, not doing enough to to get here, even though he's cleared and legally able to travel between the countries. He's still not here. And I think that gives a lot of consternation to fans because they realize that he's really the – the man who, who is the MVP of this team, the MLS All-Star, one of six players in MLS, scored double-digit goals and assists last year. He's really the guy that makes this team a perennial playoff contender, and he's not with them right now. And I think there's a lot of consternation over what the situation is, when is he going to get here, and what's his status going to be for the season when he faces a trial, potentially, back in Argentina.
3: Yeah, and they, they've they been able to get to the playoffs, but not get as far as they wanted. What what about some of the other things they've done to to potentially improve the roster, Andy? I mean beyond mm-hmm. Renos. So what's the outlook for this club this year?
6: Yeah, I think, you know, they've they bring a lot of the same players back this year. A lot of the same um, you know, key pieces. You know, they've needed to reinforce things defensively at center back and they've done that with a few additions. Uh, Miguel Tapias, who's played for Pachuca in Mexico's League MX. Uh, he's you know a, a type of center back that I think the club believes they can come in and, and be a younger infusion on the back line, which they really need going forward, given the fact that Bakai DeBossi has really been their left-sided center back over the last couple of years. is coming back from a quad injury that is suspect, that is very serious, that is going to bleed over into this year. So they needed to Make reinforcements along the back line. They've done that. You know, they wanted to bring in some South Korean attackers and they had two guys that they were linked to and, and were interested in and had an MLS, they call them discovery rights to be able to to bring those players in. And it doesn't look like either of those guys are, are going to be loons this year. And I think they're looking to try to reinforce and, and add in attack. Um, but we're not seeing it, you know, right now. There's, there's, Time to go as far as the international transfer windows. So there's time to bring in more guys, but we don't know who those guys might be, and some of the first targets here this winter haven't worked out.
3: All right. Now, wh- what about an extended trip to take in training down in Orlando? Has the uh, Pioneer Press arranged that yet?
6: Oh, no, man. I wish. I wish, <laughs> I wish that- they're actually going to, uh, I think we might have talked about this. They're going to. Uh, Coachella. They're going to Palm Springs for a tournament at the Indio Pool Grounds where that
5: nice. festival
6: is. At. Yeah, they're going there in February. And, and I wish that I could go to that one. I've actually got a little bit of vacations myself. During the month of February, I'm going skiing in Tahoe. And Steve, I'm getting old. I'm turning 40 this year. And me and my high school buddies are going to Florida for a long weekend to, to sit by the pool. Otherwise, I'd I really want to go to Palm Springs and, and, uh, mix it up down there with preseason but i'm going to a couple of road trips this year loons wise they uh st louis is now in the league um we're going to go to st louis and and see them play and cover it for the pioneer press and we're also going to go to montreal a little bit of a bucket list city in north america for me and uh the loons play there in june and uh i think my dad and brother are going to come and we are going to do a little guys weekend and cover some soccer along the way so there's going to be Some travel is just unfortunately not going to be to warmer destinations as we deal with this cold here this winter.
3: Yeah. Well, Andy, always good to visit with you. Thanks for the update on the Gophers and the Loons.
6: Yeah. Take care, Steve.
3: All right. There he is, Andy Gritter from the Pioneer Press. You can find his work online, TwinCities.com. 620, quick break. We'll come back. We'll have the headlines, get you ready for the tip-off show. Timberwolves and Kings, Cal Soderquist standing by, and then Alan Horton with all the play-by-play just after 7 o'clock tonight here on the home of the Timberwolves, News Talk, e three O W wcco Great day at Twins Fest today. Our coverage started at 11 a.m. Chad Hartman there, a couple of hours, and then Henry Lake. We had Jason DeRosha and Vanita Sawakar out there before the end of our coverage at 5 o'clock. And it's all available. Take advantage of the free Odyssey app. Use the rewind feature. You can catch all those great interviews with current, and former twins, Hall of Famers. Rod Carew, Tony Oliva, stop by. Future Twins Hall of Famer, Joe Maurer, stop by today. Carlos Correa, the list goes on and on. So a great day of coverage from Twins Fest. We have Timberwolves tonight. The tip-off show with Cal moments away. And then Alan Horton with all the play-by-play as the twin, uh, Timberwolves try to get it done. They beat Memphis last night. They take on the Sacramento Kings. It is hockey day. A couple of notes from that. Golden Gopher men's hockey team. They were rolling to another victory over Michigan State. Sparty had a lead in that one early in the game. I'm just trying to get the very latest. I think it may have gone final by now. Let's see if I can get that. Uh, Gophers are up like 6-2 to two in the third period. They go on to win at 6-3 to three after an 8-0 win over Sparty last night. Golden Gopher women sweep the UMD Bulldogs. And, of course, Wild Play late tonight, a uh, final event of Hockey Day, which uh, White Bear Lake was ground zero today. It'll be the Wild taking on the Buffalo Sabres at the XL Energy Center at 8 o'clock tonight. And, of course, big day of football tomorrow, and that is uh, the NFC and AFC Championship Games. I talked about it right at the top when I got started at 5 o'clock today. 49ers-Eagles, Eagles Eagles favored by 2.5. Typically, the home team will get a field goal when it's an even matchup. 49ers play outstanding defense. I predict a big day for Jalen Hurts, and I have a feeling the Eagles win comfortably. So I would be uh, very comfortable, if I were a betting man, uh, to take the Eagles and give the points in that one. I I think they're going to get it done. I just think Brock Purdy in Philly, on the road, NFC Championship game, too big a stage. I expect him to struggle, and Jalen Hurts to have a big game. On the flip side, Kansas City favored by only one and a half, over visiting Cincinnati. This is a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game won by Cincinnati. And I think Cincinnati's going to go in there and win again. They are playing as good of a football as anybody in the NFL on both sides of the ball. And you had to be impressed the way they went in and dominated the Buffalo Bills at the line of scrimmage in every phase of the game. It wasn't close. Cincinnati was clearly the better team. Joe Burrow's terrific. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. And defensively, they can really get after it. And they're able to shut down Josh Allen, who appeared to be 100%. The great Patrick Mahomes with that high ankle sprain will not be 100%. And that's why I think Cincinnati wins comfortably at Arrowhead in this one. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, both games uh, weren't very good. Are very competitive. I, I expect Philly to win comfortably, and I expect Cincinnati to win comfortably tomorrow night. And that'll set up uh, the Super Bowl out in Arizona. It'll be a good one, Philly and Cincinnati. But man, Joe Burrow, he is impressive. Wh- what he has done uh, so far in his young NFL career. I'm not saying he's the number one quarterback in the league, but but you got to put Mahomes and Burrow and Allen right at the top of the list with, with Burrow a strong second and Mahomes being number one right now in the NFL, and they go head-to-head. Head. But I like Cincinnati's team a whole lot better than the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, there you got it. Timberwolves are next. They get the Kings tonight. Target Center, enjoy the game. Don't forget, our sports coverage continues tomorrow. The Huddle, Pete Nigerian with Matthew Collar sitting in for Dave Schwartz between 10 and noon. And then late in the day, Rob Driesline from the Outdoor News between 5 and 6 here on CCO. Quick update on the weather. Chilly. Uh, hey, it's late January. Six degrees. North winds at nine miles an hour. Our wind chill eight below. Low tonight, eight below. High tomorrow, two. Same deal on Monday. A big thanks to Josh Wheeler and all our guests joining us on the program today. The Timberwolves are coming up next